Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast of The Invisible World of Jeremy Jones, where it's not so much about how to live your best life, but how to show up and live your life. Thanks for joining. In today's episode, we are talking about the moon and the sun. So even though you've just started this episode, I want you to shut it off. Yep, go ahead. Thanks for tuning in, but first you have some homework to do, so this episode really sinks in. Starting tonight, your homework is to look at the moon. Note the time and the phase of the moon. Is it full, crescent, half, new? Then check back in two weeks and do the same analysis. Also, During the two weeks, every day around noon, go outside and observe the sun. Where is it in the sky? And get an idea of how bright the sun looks. Pause me now. Okay, did you do it? And I'm betting that you probably didn't. Uh, If you didn't do it, then at least do the homework in your invisible world. What did it look like? Take a few seconds. At least do that. Great. Keep all that in mind because first I'd like to start with a story which is really the whole genesis to this episode. My son started at a new middle school, and after the first week, I asked him how it was going. He said he was nervous about making friends. He didn't know many people. Lunchtime the first week was lonely. He said if he only, if if, if some people would only come up and say hi, then he'd be happy about the new school. And right now it was a total drag. In my sage, fatherly tone, I told him, Look, son, you are not a moon. You don't need to sit around and wait for someone to shine on you. You don't need to reflect their light. Look, I told him, literally, you are made out of the same things as a star. You you are a star. Be a star. You go say hi to people first because that's the power and light that's inside of you. You're not anyone's moon. You don't need to actually wait around for their light to come to you. I must confess I felt like a total genius parent. And then I realized, wait, I'm actually doing the same thing. <laughs> because I was, I was recently at this business meeting and I made the common, almost automatic error of stacking myself up to the other attendees who had way more money than I did and more material success, more notoriety. How could I add value to them? Gosh, most of them were way more financially successful than me. So I doubted myself, and I turned off my light. Well, if anyone wants to talk to me, and hopefully, please, someone here does, hopefully someone comes over to say hi. Well, gee, I was making the same mistake that my son was. And then I remembered, hey, Jones, you're made from a star, so act like it. My podcast, as you know, is about being students of life, students of energy. It's about being students of the invisible world that's within you. And today's episode focuses on being students of nature, of the sun, and what it teaches us. Today we're going to hit seven lessons from the sun, our good old star that relentlessly shines brightly for us. First lesson. The Earth is actually not the center of our solar system. For millennia, we used to think the sun orbited around the Earth. 
that Earth was the center of it all. That used to be common knowledge. It used to be, quote, the truth. Like some of those early scientists, you were even ridiculed if you thought otherwise. Illusions. What does the sun teach us about illusions? What are other illusions in your life that you believe that seem true? Do you believe you aren't smart enough? Do you believe it's bad to have money? That it's noble to be poor? Do you believe that you've missed your chance at creating the life you want? Having the relationship or the money or the health or giving your gifts to the world? No, that's just an illusion. One of the most rampant illusionary energies in the invisible world is called fear. Michael Jordan, the champion great athlete, he knows all about fear, more than most. He's been in a number of big stage sports and business failures and opportunities. But instead of fighting it or running from it, he danced with it and befriended it. I mean, he knew exactly what it felt like. He said, one day you might look up and see me playing the game at 50. Don't laugh. Never say never because limits like fears are often just an illusion. So be, be on the watch. Be ready for them. Um, audit yourself daily. Shake out the illusions daily. Because it's kind of like uh, Walf, Waldo Emerson said, quote, there are as many pillows of illusion as flakes in a snowstorm. We wake from one dream into another dream. In fact, our whole egoic mind is an illusion. I love what Wayne Dyer said, total stud. He said, the ego is only an illusion, but a very influential one. Letting the ego illusion become your identity can prevent you from knowing your true self. Ego, the false idea of believing what you are and what you have or what you do is a backwards way of assessing life. Great quote. Everything outside of us, out there in the outer world, in the objective, visible world, the cars, the houses, the kids, the job, who you're dating, who you're married to, where you buy your coffee from, I don't know, what kind of shoes you wear, it's really just all an illusion. Not just the bad negative programs we play in our heads, but some of the seemingly positive ones can be dangerous too. It can all be altered, twisted, malleable, manipulated. What are some illusions that you've always believed? For example, I used to believe that if you were in love, that your relationship to your partner would totally last. All you need is love. But have you or a friend ever ended a relationship only to hear them say, gosh, it's, it's too bad it didn't work out because I sure love them. I still do. It takes more than love in a relationship to work, right? It takes more than love to last the vicissitudes of life. It takes communication and work and relationship tools and so on. Honestly, I'm embarrassed to say I used to think that if you desired to make millions in life, that you were selfish, bad, a primally basic, I thought that it was wrong, that being poor was somehow superior and noble. But then I met unselfish millionaires who did a lot of good. And I also met very selfish people who were poor. 
I believe that you needed to get a college degree and work hard at a job, that you needed to solve complex world issues or come up with some patented innovation to make big money. And then I saw and met people who have no college degrees, who transact simple businesses and are loaded. Take Kylie Jenner, who's worth over a billion dollars, or Steve Jobs, or like my neighbor down the street who I'll leave unnamed. There's no college degrees, but they have loads of money. Like, say, Larry H. Miller, the Utah Jazz pro basketball team owner. You know, he made his money selling a car. Simple. And then he did it over and over again and built up massive car dealerships. And the list goes on. You think of ones that stand out to you. Okay, what else? Uh, what else here in this invisible world of illusions? Well, I used to believe an illusion that once you hit 40, your health would deteriorate, your body would start falling apart. But then I learned about a guy named Klaus Obermeier. He's a Colorado ski nut, an entrepreneur who was just getting his world-class health started when he was 40. And still, he was still skiing when he was 100 years old. So thank you, Klaus, for showing me the power in not limiting your health and waking up to blind illusions. Here's another common illusion I used to believe. That to be a top professional football player, you had to be an extreme athlete. That you had to be like this, like this chiseled specimen of raw muscle and speed and strength. <laughs> Turns out that was just an illusion. Be very careful what you believe. Guard it. Have strong opinions weakly held. See, Tom Brady, the world's most successful quarterback, already knew he was a star, not a moon. Trying out for the NFL Combine decades, decades ago, uh, people said he looked like a main draft when he ran, slow and mildly average. Good college player, but didn't have the athleticism for the pros. He was barely drafted and won the last rounds. But Tom is an expert in the invisible world. Even if you don't follow football, you've probably heard of him. As a rookie, before he was a starter or had professional success, he told the owner of the New England Patriots, I'm the best decision this football team has ever made. He could have followed a bunch of popular illusions about size, athleticism, and feared and limited himself. But instead, he let the light that was already inside him shine. He knew his true colors, and he let them out for all to see. The Super Bowls, the wins, the successes were simply a byproduct of his invisible world. It's like Galileo Galilei said, quote, you can teach anybody anything. Actually, I, got, I missed a word there. Uh, you can't teach anybody anything. We can only help them discover it within themselves. And when we discover our own color of magnitude, like Tom did, special things happen. All right, here's another illusion that I used to believe, and I love this one because I'm short too and relate with this one. I used to believe that you had to be tall and massive to, to play in pro sports like the NFL. But then I saw Julian Edelman win MVP of a recent Super Bowl, and he's probably 5'9", 5'10", 190 pounds, something like that. Easily, easily the smallest guy on the field. Yet he was voted and deemed the most valuable. 
and in a championship game, no less. How does this happen? The limits we put on ourselves in the invisible world, we must always remember, always remember, they are optional. So pause, push that pause button, because this only becomes active currency in your life if you can discover and apply. What are limits that you've put on yourself? Maybe some of them for years, for decades. You can rewrite that story. How is that illusion that you used to believe, that obstacle, actually your best advantage? This right here is not an illusion. If you relentlessly and boldly believe in yourself, beautiful, wild, enriching experiences will happen reliably in your life. Let's do another one. Let's do another one of these illusions. Let's see. I used to believe... That you had to come from money and education and a blue chip family pedigree to get like gazillion level of dollars. But then I learned about Oprah and saw the truth about boldly believing in yourself. Ah, you see, that's an exception. I mean, come on, she's freaking Oprah. But don't get it backwards, though. It's not easy for her because she's Oprah. She's not Oprah because of the billions of dollars and success and admiration Those are byproducts because she first chose to be authentically Oprah. She first admired herself. She first boldly believed in herself. She let her stars shine so brightly, it couldn't help but reach everybody in sight. Just like the sky, first the star lives and shines, and then eventually, even traveling at the speed of light, there's a delay before that light reaches us. So don't let the delay get you down. The light travels through space and eventually reaches us. For the sun, the equation is eight minutes. It takes eight minutes for its power and light to reach us. But it comes. It comes. It's like the seed. You don't see a tree when you plant the seed. At least not in the five sensory outer world. First, you see the tree in your invisible world. Then... You plant the seed, and then eventually you see the tree in the outer world, too. I teach my kids to focus first on the invisible world, not the external, measurable, five-sensory world. I encourage them to have invisible friends, and the more the merrier. What's in this invisible world? I mean, everything, right? If, I mean, it, if I said, what can you feel from the sun? You'd probably say measurable heat, warmth. But what else? What else beyond heat? Think of the sun. What do you feel? How about life and light, growth, energy, and hope? It's invisible, but the sun actually gives us hope. We even say metaphorical things like it's it's the dawn of a new day. This energy and power is the same energy that's available 24-7 in your invisible world from your own star chakra. Let's look at Michael Jordan again. Okay, do you know who Sam Bowie is? Well, I'm sure Sam is a great guy, but you've probably never heard of him. Even though somebody drafted him before Michael Jordan. How does Michael Jordan, the best player of his time, get picked third in the NBA draft? Easy. It was just an illusion. Happens all the time in drafts, just like it did with Tom Brady. 
What happens in the outer world, the shapes, textures, words, measurements, outside of us isn't fact, isn't reality. That's just the illusion. The true reality, the evidentiary facts, that's actually the world that lives inside of us. So do this exercise with me. Think of a gorgeous vacation spot you've been to. Think of all the forms, shapes, textures. Maybe there's a beach and sand and ocean and palm trees, pina coladas and no worries. Or maybe it's a snowy mountain and a cabin. Maybe you've even won the trip for free. Whatever, just think of the place in your mind. Now, have you ever been on vacation in a beautiful spot like this and been worried or depressed or anxious? This has happened to me and more than a few times. I'm in the outer world of paradise, but I'm stressed about a situation back home, a business deal that's gone south, a money problem, or I just got in a fight with someone on the trip. Or I'm thinking about why can't I be successful enough to own my own cabin here on this mountain lake and why do I have to rent it? That's because actually, in reality, we live in our inner world, no matter what's happening outside of us. Jordan didn't say, oh, okay, well, the facts are in. Looks like I'm about the third best player, so I guess I'll play like that. No, 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 no. He, he had a burning inner world that he knew who he was. Like in Buddhism, it says, uh, don't depend so much on anyone in this world because even your own shadow leaves you when you are in the darkness. Here's another illusion I sadly followed for years, years. It's, I have to work long hours and sacrifice time with my family, friends, and hobbies if I want to make truckloads of money. Really? Well, lots of people follow this illusion. It's tempting because we think if we just work hard enough, if we just sell out this day, sell out this week, this year, and eventually the whole decade as sacrifice, as tribute, then, oh man, man, one day I'll have enough to do whatever I want in life, however much money I want. And then one day I'll work on that podcast. One day I'll write that book, I'll sing that song, I'll join that charity, I'll fix my marriage, I'll enjoy some hobbies. I just have to work harder for now though. We've all done that. But I tell myself, do not fall in that trap again. We don't have one day or some day. All we really have is today. Be someone who doesn't repeat the same mistakes. Don't be like the many. Be one of the few. At the time that I wrote uh, this podcast, uh, Shopify CEO founder uh, Tobe, Tobias Luke, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, has a personal net worth of around $5 billion and his company is around $60 billion. So it's not easier for him to work less because he has so much money. It's, it's way harder. He has thousands of employees, customers, and investors who are counting on his acumen and his leading executive decision-making. Yet he's home. I mean, in December 2019, he said... Uh, quote, I've never worked through a night, 
The only times I worked more than 40 hours in a week was when I had the burning desire to do so. I need eight-ish hours of sleep a night. Same with everybody else, whether we admit it or not. I'm home at 5.30 every evening. I don't travel on the weekend. I play video games alone with my friends and increasingly with my kids. My job is incredible, but it's also a job. Family and personal health rank higher in my priority list. Wow. Pretty good insight about illusions from a guy who founded and runs a $60 billion company. Illusion. The earth is flat. Now we say the earth is round. We said President George Bush that he would ruin the country. And then I heard people say Barack Obama, he's going to ruin the country. He's going to turn us over to the enemy. He's not even a U.S.-born citizen. And now I hear Trump. Trump's going to ruin the country with his cavalier narcissism. He's going to ruin the U.S. When the Democrats are in power, they are ruining the country. And when the Republicans are in majority, they are the ones ruining the country. Hmm. So many illusions. What's, what's something big? Or what's something small that you believe and now you see? Ah, that was just an illusion. Even if you get ridiculed, like Galileo Galilei, who was literally arrested. He was put in house arrest for the remainder of his life for his crazy findings, like saying that the sun, not the earth, was the center of our solar system. Yeah, um, you know, maybe it's, I'll never find love. I'll never get out of debt. I'll never lose the weight. For me, I'm going bald. And it's hard for me. Um, I usually feel embarrassed about it. And my illusion was that I'm just not good looking or attractive anymore if I'm bald. That was my truth. It's over, you know, wear lots of hats. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he was recently voted the sexiest man of the year. Total cue ball. Maybe, what's the, what are more illusions? Maybe it's I'll never beat depression. I'm not really a funny person. Or I am a funny person, but I'm not a smart person. I always have to take these pills. I'll never gain the muscle. I'll never have wonderful friendships. Probably won't get into that school I want. I can't get this business off the ground. I'm not good at relationships. My marriage will always suck. I'll never have the time to write my manuscript. No one likes my music. My podcast is a failure. Ah, that was glorious, glorious, mind-blowing, yet awfully incriminating, stifling illusions. Be careful. And remember, that's all they are. Reminds me of what Mark Twain said. I've known a great many troubles in my life, most of which never happened. Let's do a few more illusions. Illusion. Flying is impossible. Only the birds do that. Humans can't fly. I mean, come on. We have thousands of years of that prove humans cannot go up into the sky and fly over a mountain. That was considered the, quote, truth. But where there's a will, rather, where there's invisible vision, there's a way. It turns out that whole can't fly thing was just an illusion. Sure, now we take it for granted. I mean, I live in Colorado, and I've flown over the Rockies hundreds of times. First, those brave souls, amidst ridicule, believed boldly in themselves. 
these creators of flight. In their invisible world, they first, they first saw the flight. In their sacred, invisible eyesight, they trusted their infinite intelligence, their sixth sense. They knew that would be more compelling than any objective five-sensory fact. I mean, they didn't just open the garage door one day and saw a plane and started it up. It all happened in their invisible world first. See, they opened the garage to their soul, then they got to work. Remember, it's not what happens in our lives that matters, but the story we tell ourselves about what's happening. That's what matters. And that's why the quote, two men can look through the same bars. One sees the mud, but the other, the stars. So here's the rub. If we don't believe in all these illusions, what do you believe? You. You. You always believe in you. You follow your star burning inside you, relentlessly and boldly believe in you. Instead of keeping up with the Joneses, spend time keeping up with yourself. How are you doing, huh? I mean, what kind of day do you want to create? Ever notice how much energy we spend trying to catch up with other people? We spend a lot of time meeting up with possible customers and clients and friends. And we got to grab lunch. We got to grab coffee. We got to catch up. We got to text. We got to call. I have a friend who was traveling through a foreign city on business. His inbox was jammed. He had calls to make. He could have just gone to the airport lounge to keep working. Here he was, and he was, he was alone. He just finished his last meeting. He had half a day left in this beautiful country before his flight left. And instead, he chose to unplug. He bought himself a nice meal, a ferry ticket, and he toured around for half the day and spent the time catching up with himself. Gosh, it's... It's so easy, it's so slippery to get into, you know, wow, the Joneses got a new car, a new toy, a new boat. Their kid made the team, you know. They just started a charity. They don't fight. They have money. I heard, I heard they even had their mortgage paid off. They don't have this health issue. They got into the university they, were, they want. Or, you know, why can't I just be more like them? Why can't I just be a freaking moon and orbit around their brilliance? Why? Well, because you were made from a star to be a star. I mean, listen, even if you had their rolling thousands of acres of lush, wavy green grass, you'd still have to make effort to water it. And you'd still have to pay the water bill. So just water your own grass. What are the fears that you've been afraid of? Let me know. Hit pause here. Let yourself know. This podcast, honestly, it's only worthwhile if you're running across the bridge to your inner world. What are some things right now you've been believing that are just illusions? Write it down. Or if you can't because you're driving and working out, just verbalize it right now. Just say it out loud. Because if you speak it or write it, boom, it hits the brain synapses so much harder. Let's move on to the second lesson. Second lesson of the sun. Our sun is an average-sized star called a yellow dwarf. So our star is classified as an average-sized yellow dwarf. A red giant star, like Betelgeuse in our galaxy, is 100 times bigger. If our star tried to be something it wasn't, to like, gotta go big or go home, it would torch our whole planet. 
with the surface of the sun bellowing at about 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Just a fraction of it going bigger would erase our whole planet. The sun doesn't feel like it needs to go big or go home. It just is. It's true to its own color. But stay with me here because the opposite's also true. If it dwindled and was less than its created purpose, then it would freeze out and ice over, just by margins of degrees. Whether it was by a divine godly creator or a remarkable evolutionary compilation, we are made out of stardust elements, just like our sun. So the sun focuses on being itself, not being Beetlejuice. The sun's not thinking, oh man, come on, come on, I really need to step it up today. I mean, look over there at Beetlejuice, he's crushing me. He's so much brighter than me. His house is so much bigger. And what about Beetlejuice? He could get into, a, you know, the comparing disease too. Think about the largest known star. It's called the V.Y. Canis Majoris. It's so big. It's huge. Try to visualize this. It's so big, you could fit three billion, three billion with a B, suns inside of it. But interestingly, its surface temperature at that size is only half of our sun's surface temperature. And the most luminous, brightest star that we know of today in the universe is called R136A1. It kind of got shafted with a lame name, but uh, it's such a cool star. It would take 9 million of our suns glued together to produce the same luminosity. However, it has a very short shelf life, only 4 million years, just a fraction, really, of the billions of years our sun shines. All these stars... They all just shine their own true color with advantages, disadvantages, colors, different temperatures, different life cycles. They just they shine to the degree of their purpose. We'd be wise to hear what the famous singer Celine Dion said. She said, quote, I'm not in competition with anybody but myself. My goal is to beat my last performance. Now, I think that's a sound way of living. You don't need to be brighter than anyone else. The benchmark is, are you reliably shining your true light each day? And I'm not saying that we don't need anyone, that we're independent of each other. I'm saying, I'm saying for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. We depend on each other, but as a star to a star, not as a moon to a star. The space between each star keeps them in alignment. Stars are constantly pushing gravity and energy out, and this creates an interdependence for the other star to have its own creative space. A star stays stationary. I'm going to stand here and shine my light. It may be shorter, longer, brighter, duller, cooler, hotter, but I just I shine what I have. If this was out of balance, every object impulsively chased by every flickering light, I mean, there would just... There would be continuous galactic collisions and explosions, and at the very least, not enough space to form and gel into your own star and solar system. It's hard 
to not like Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, a.k.a. richest guy in the world. Sure, now he's a gazillionaire who seemingly scores touchdown after touchdown. I mean, he's running up the score on total world domination. He's scheduled to be the first trillionaire. That's it with that T. The first trillionaire in about six years. I don't even understand how much money that is. I, I mean, I still get excited when I find an extra 20 in my back pocket. But, but 20 years ago, when he was starting the Amazon business model, the size of his star was just making used book deliveries, literally out of his own garage, literally packing boxes himself at the post office to ship out. Man, what I would give to be standing in line next to him at the post office. I can see it with us standing in line. I would have asked him, so what are you in for, Jeff? Oh, I have this business that ships out new and used books. Me. So you just ship people books, huh? Huh, that's, that's, that's nice. It sounds cute. I mean, good for you. Good luck with that, buddy. I, I've replayed this movie a few times in my invisible world, and I believe he would have responded, and Jeff, if you're listening... Correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe he would have responded with his trademark confident smile. Oh, you don't understand. I'm building and growing something beautiful, enormous, and unique. The painting's not done yet. You're just catching me at my first brushstrokes here. He wasn't trying to be like Walmart or build a mega coffee chain on every block. He wasn't standing there in a black turtleneck, imagining the world and thousands of songs available at a thumb's touch. Instead of sitting in line thinking about how to be a moon around someone else's big star, he was steady and stationary in his own light, his vision, and the faith of his plan, burning the best way he could for him. Now he basically pays millions of others to stand in the post office line and make deliveries. But I still feel the same energy coming from him still trying to burn and glow the best way his star can. And could you imagine if he was sitting in line at the post office, making those deliveries, scrolling through his phone, and maybe he saw a post about his cousin getting rich in real estate and posting photos from Tahiti and his new big dream house he bought. What if he decided to jump into real estate instead of being true to his creative purpose? What if he started judging and being his biggest critic instead of his biggest fan? Could you imagine the self-talk? Oh, man, what am I doing sending these stupid books off? I mean, how much money can I actually make on this used book? I'm making like a buck on shipping this book out. And I'm standing in line behind this grandma, sending 80 packages to her grandkids. I should be the one in Tahiti. I should be building something great. Not standing in line like a regular minion. But now he can, he can buy the whole country of Tahiti. So let's tear a page from his playbook and be right now your biggest fan. Whatever kind of game you play, no matter the size of the field, no matter the league you play or the position you play, be your biggest fan and always, always bet on yourself. Third lesson about the sun. The sun is shining right now. Look outside right now. I promise the sun is shining right now. Even if you can't see it, 
even if you can't feel it, even if it's nighttime, even if it's stormy, rainy, snowy. Don't be distracted by those circumstantial temporary clouds. The sun still shines above them. And the sun doesn't say, I'll wait for tomorrow to light up. It's burning right now. The sun isn't worried about how bright it can be tomorrow. It just shines how it shines, and that's okay. Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow, Jesus said. They're not worried and inching around so they can get more sunlight to be taller than the flower next to them. They're not even trying to grow. They, they're, they're just being. They just, they just grow. They don't say, gosh, you know, I'm never really going to be as, that tree, as tall as that tree over there, so, like, why try? They just enjoy the sunlight. So feel and be, what am I going to do with my sunshine today? What am I going to create, experience? Whose life am I going to touch today? And hopefully, hopefully it's your own. So take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And be not afraid, only believe. And if you want your spouse to believe in you, or you want your kids to, or your friend, or your boss, or your employees, or your customers, or your students, your coach, you, you must believe in you first. Then it's like the radiation from the star. Abundance and opportunity, it will be drawn to you, and it will orbit around your energy. The sun is too busy shining to count how many planets and moons are following it. It's not going to be like, Oh, shoot, it's not enough. It's not enough. I only have these eight planets orbiting me. Pluto doesn't even count anymore. So tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to try to really try a lot harder to be much brighter, brighter than Beetlejuice. I'm going big tomorrow. More money, more effort. Get more followers, more likes, more validation. Nope, it, it just shines. What's the sun output going to be like tomorrow? I've studied this, I've been following it, and I have the answer. It's going to be about the same as today, pretty much. And you know what? That's, that's perfect for us. Because any hotter, we would be toast. And any colder, we'd ice over. It's just right for us. And you are just right for you. Let me say that again. You are just right for you. So stand and shine. Fourth lesson, the sun is the only star in our solar system. Even though it's alone, the sun boldly believes in itself, no matter what we say. In our solar system, the sun sits in pure solitude, strong enough to stand by itself. It's just one star surrounded by thousands of comets, planets, moons, and asteroids, and dwarf planets. But many solar systems have more than one sun. In fact, more than half of all stars are in multi-star systems, meaning you'd see multiple stars, multiple suns from your planet. But ours is a lone star. Now, 1,300 Earths could fit inside Jupiter. That's how big Jupiter is. Amazing. But the sun is really alone here. In spite of the size of Jupiter and the other planets, the sun 
is a whopping 99.8% of the mass of our solar system. That's mostly alone, yet it still shines its beauty reliably and consistently unperturbed. Fifth lesson. Did you know that there's enough solar energy hitting the Earth every hour to meet all of humanity's power needs for an entire year? Yet, as you know, we only use just a fraction of this solar energy. Wow, what an incredible missed opportunity. It's, it's such unused potential. And what about us? Are there opportunities that you're missing to shine your potential, to shine your truest, truest colors? Where are you limiting yourself with fear? I don't mean how can you have more money or a newer sports car or six-pack abs by Friday. And sure, 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 those things can come. But that's on the outer world. I'm talking about the invisible world. Did you ever leave a conversation saying, oh, man, I wish I would have said... Or did you miss your potential by not trying to pursue a dream? Isn't that the worst fear of all? The ones that keep us from not trying? That's the biggest mistake. Not trying. Sometimes the thought temptation comes along. What's my true calling? What's my passion? My bliss? Please, 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 please tell me so I can follow it. When searching for a hidden life purpose or a calling or, or a path of passion, the calling is already clear. So here's what you are meant to do. Just be you. You be you. In each moment, each brushstroke, and eventually it will frame a whole complete beautiful picture with many colors along the way. Are you doing what makes your soul come alive? The passion is, are you touching everything that orbits around you, each person? Are you touching each piece of work, each time of work and play with your passion? You don't need to find your passion. You don't even need to follow your passion. <clears throat> you don't even need to follow your bliss because don't you see it's not outside of you. It's what it's not, it's not what you do. It's not a calling outside of you. You are the passion. You are the bliss. You are the light, the life, and the light in the world. So your calling then is to believe boldly in you and share it wherever you go. How and where you express it may change over time, but everything you need, it's already inside of you. So share it unapologetically, boldly, reliably, unabashedly. Like the sun, sometimes people will see it, and they will build and play and work and be inspired from your sunlight and use it. And sometimes people will totally miss it. They will just stay inside and watch Netflix and not see your gifts. Sometimes there will be clouds and people won't see your starlight. But you can't make them see your light. You can only make you shine. And that's why we have that well-traveled Mary Ann Williamson quote. I'm going to quote it here. It says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? 
actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine. Sixth lesson. All right, the sixth lesson here is that the moon only reflects light. It doesn't actually generate light. You may be the brightest moon. You may own the night. But once the outer circumstances evolve, once Earth's alignment shifts, once, once someone says that one thing you can't stand, or you lose this or that, or you don't get the new compensation raise, or you, you don't get that new friend, the relationship, the contract, well, if you're a moon, you fade into what's called a new moon phase, where it's dark and you're not even seen at all in the sky, and you have to wait for changing circumstances on the five-sensory outer world. But the higher outcome, well described here by Viktor Frankl, the Holocaust survivor, he says, quote, We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken away from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Now, I don't want to get too scientific here, but we could survive without a moon. We'd have some tidal issues, the Earth's tilt would be altered without the gravitational pull, so there'd be uh, shorter days, and a year would end up being more like a thousand days instead of 365. Now, I'm not saying the moon doesn't have a place and a role. It's tough. It's tough, but we'd make it. But what if we lost our sun? That would be catastrophic. So consider the following. I act like a moon when I, one, judge my brightness either as inferior or superior against someone else. Two, I put a, bush, a bushel over my ideas and hopes and dreams. Three, I act like a moon when I think I'm not strong enough or smart enough to handle a situation. Four, let me be vulnerable here and share one of my moon moments that I had. And, and listen, I'll add here, don't, don't judge your moon moments. I'm trying to love mine. Don't waste them or shrug them off or try to cover them up. Cherish them into tuition moments that enable learning and clarity for your real star power. Okay, so I loved basketball. I mean, I was the kid who played all day outside. I remember my hands cracking in the dry Colorado winter air, and they would bleed, and I would just, I would smile. I'm like, I love this. And I loved, loved, loved every minute of it. I mean, I was the kid that knew every pro player. I collected hundreds of basketball cards and player signatures. And I remember when I was 16, I made the high school JV team. I was thrilled. My plan to play in college and one day in the NBA, it, it, it was staying intact. So our first game arrived. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, 
I didn't start and I didn't play the first quarter. But that's okay. The second quarter, the other subs got in the game, but not me. At halftime, I figured, hey, it's okay. It's okay. No need to panic here. This was just the first game of the season. The coach is still trying to figure out rotations or something. They'll be ready to go. The third quarter, my star stuttered. It was, it was shining only like intermittently. I didn't play the third or fourth quarter. The game was a blowout. I, I didn't even get to play in some trash time at the end. And that's right when my star faded out. I was crushed. I still remember walking through the hallway to the locker room. This orange jersey I had on was still smelling like Tide. After the game, uh, under the street lamps out in the school parking lot, and in the safe kind of solitude of my truck, I freaking cried my eyes out. It was sad for me. Sad things happen. But what's worse... Instead of believing and trusting myself, instead of the sadness teaching me, hey, you can do this. You can be a great player and a great addition to this team. Don't give up. Instead of that, the rest of the season, I let the coach's perspective determine mine. I let the dark clouds settle in and it blocked my starlight and I mooned it the rest of the season. I let someone else dictate my brightness. I orbited that season around whatever the coach thought of my skills. I let someone else dictate my plans and hopes. Eventually, I learned that lesson. I paid my tuition there, and I don't repeat that same mistake. And I've since vowed to never, to never let that happen again. Yes, 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 learn from others. Take feedback. And yes, enjoy their light as well. Have mentors. Not in order to be like them, but pick the ones who help you be more like you. You know, the the law of attraction has been so loosely thrown around over the years, I feel that it's really confused us. What's this mean anyway, all this talk about law of attraction? I've heard it as something like, if you don't have money or whatever you want, you, you believe, you believe, you believe, you invite it to come, come to me. If you want the parking spot at the front of the store, you invite it. Come. If you want a new friend, you pray. You believe. I want this. I believe. Come to me. Come to me, baby. Come, come. But it's, it's not so much you will get what you most earnestly need and attract. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's plenty worse things to think. But... A higher outcome is the truth that everything that you most secretly desire and crave, it's already inside of you. That's not just pleasant hyperbole. It's kind of like what the mathematician Blaise Pascal said. Comfort yourself. You would not seek me if you had not found me. If I ask you what your secret wild dreams are, the ones you're afraid to tell people because you think they'll laugh, you have those ideas in your invisible world already. The way to manifest those desires in the five sensory objective world, the, the way will open up to you as long as you anchor to those inner truths. 
Here's my problem with the law of attraction, at least how it's regularly thrown around in lay terms. It starts from a place of lack, from, from scarcity, from need, that you have to attract and look for things outside of you. Just like the sun, however, the deeper you go inside your core, the hotter and more powerful you are. We are scientifically and divinely created from the sun's elements. And the sun doesn't just sit there and think, oh, shoot, if I could only have the earth orbit around me, then I would be a happy sun. The earth comes along, it fills the sun's radiance, and it starts orbiting. Then does the sun say, well, I mean, that's nice and all. It's nice to have earth orbiting around me, but I'm a big thinker. I mean, I'm a go big or go home kind of star. You know, I don't just need one planet. I need more. I'm, I'm an important sun. I deserve more. So I need to attract another planet and, and, and another planet to come orbit. No, I mean, the sun doesn't do that, right? And how do I know these things? Because I've watched the sun. I've sat in fields and streams and mountains and I've watched it. I've listened. And do you know what the sun says? It says, well, well, I mean, it says nothing. It just shines. It's just shining, doing its thing. It radiates. It's not coming from lack. And because it lets its light shine, oh, this little heart of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, then the planets are pulled into something so radiant and powerful. The sun didn't have all these cool planets orbiting around it and then say, oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay. Now that I have all these hundreds of moons and planets and belts and asteroids that are circling me, okay, yeah, now I can burn and be me. No, no. It was the reverse order. It burned its true light so reliably, so fully, that the orbiters were drawn in. Even then, it wasn't a massive, like a snap of a finger. And then all of a sudden it had a complete solar system revolving. No, it took time. There was a delay. Probably some things started to orbit and flew off to another solar system, and that's okay. One planet or moon started coming in at a time. So if there's something you're wanting in your life, don't try to attract it from lack, from scarcity. But you must reach within and radiate it. It's already inside of you, so shine that light out there. Even with all the mistakes, the inadequacies, and eventually you'll find a Newtonian reaction, an equal and opposite reaction orbiting around you. And like the solar system that took billions of years to come together, and like the eight minutes of delay it takes for the current sunlight to reach us, it, allow for some travel time between your inner world and becoming visible in your outer. Maybe even some traffic and delays, but it's okay. Because... You've already found it inside. Think. Okay, when do you ever catch yourself being a moon? What does that look like for you, huh? I mean, when you go into a business event, a church, a book club, a night out with friends, hop on Facebook, uh, you're doing postings. Are, are you planning out how to orbit around the other people there? What level of your star do you truly share? Are you doubting people will like you? Is your invisible world already critiquing that you are inadequate or a weirdo? 
Are you seeking validation? Are you trying to orbit around someone else's security, confidence, attitudes, opinions, successes? Or are you thinking, hey, listen, I'm me, and I'm just going to be me, and some goodness will come out of it one way or another. I mean, and yeah, this should take about eight minutes. You know, when, when we are stars in training, we look to parents, we look to mentors, we seek education and resources, we seek and are drawn to light. Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Buddha, Jesus, Gandhi, Michael Jackson, Plato, Robin Williams, Shakespeare. And these are household names we're talking about here. They still evoke imagery and immediate emotion, their light and radiance through their work, through their expression that's touched our soul, and we were drawn. They dared to boldly believe in themselves, even if it was different or un unpopular at the time. Take Jesus for an example. He's a household name. But during his ministry, by the majority, he was considered rogue and rebellious, even dangerous for speaking up against the meticulous laws of Moses and some aspects of the Torah. He and many of his key followers were harmed or killed. He didn't have a church on every corner. During his ministry, he was very unpopular. He was on the run. He was teaching in the wilderness, in the streets, often lonely, evading captures and threats, and still consistently, boldly believing in himself and his messages. Okay, here we are. The seventh and uh, last lesson from the sun today is the sun is 75% hydrogen. Well, why is that interesting? With only one proton, hydrogen is the simplest, lightest element, and followed by helium, which has two protons. Oxygen atoms have eight protons. Many elements are much more complex. At 75%, hydrogen is the most abundant. It's the most common element in the whole universe, followed by helium at 23%, oxygen at 1%, and then 1% other. What happens, though, when you mix two of the three most common elements? You get water, and that's an important thing. Water, very, very common, but pretty darn important. So therefore, the sun is mostly composed of a single proton and a single electron, and hydrogen is the simplest and most abundant element in the universe. It's estimated that... 75% of the visible universe is composed of hydrogen. I mean, that's fascinating. Think of it. The most simple element in the universe, yet the most powerful. One hour of sun is enough juice to power the planet for a year. Yet we don't realize this potential. We just look for something more complex, more hidden, and more obtuse. Don't confuse common with effective. Don't confuse common with important and valuable. Avoid feeling it necessary to be rare. I mean, plutonium is a very rare element, and hydrogen is so common. But it's actually more dangerous, but plutonium is more dangerous than helpful. Or take gold. Gold is so rare, but we could easily live without it. Hydrogen, though, the most common element. It's available on every corner store yet we would be vaporized without it. So don't write off any of the talents and skills and interests that you have just because you think they are too common. 
I mean, take Oprah's talent of talking with people, making interesting conversation. It's not like it's unheard of. If you are asking, what am I supposed to be doing with my time here on earth? I mean, besides, of course, listening to this podcast. I'm wondering, what's my calling? What's my talents? What does it mean for me to leave my mark? The chances are, it's common, abundant, and readily available. And it's right in front of you. You need only believe. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Takeaway. Takeaway here. Uh, You can't be a moon when you were made out of a star to be a star. Don't get sidetracked trying to simply reflect the approval and validation from someone else's star because you are no one's moon. Did you ever think, how is the sun able to burn so hot at 93 million miles away from Earth? Well, the surface temperature of the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty darn hot. But something special happens in the core, deep inside. There, it's 27 million degrees. So burn from your deep core. Don't give from your surface. Give the deeper heat. Give the juice from your core. I mean, the reason the sun is able to sustain life on planet Earth 93 million miles away is because it generates from the core, not the surface. And the more we burn from our core, the more we can help others, the more warmth we can give off. Burning from your core means you don't worry about trusting other people because you trust yourself and you know you'll make the best decisions you can at that moment. It means you know what you believe and you believe what you know. It means you express your core reliably. It means you listen and honor the, mess- the messages that are invigorating in your soul. It means you are your own biggest fan, not critic. So, to finish today's episode, like we do each one, I want to remind you, the world needs who you were meant to be. So be it. <laughs>